If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up, man? It's Filthy Rich, man. I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. All right, y'all. So we got the legendary Filthy Rich with us off the porch today. How you feeling? I'm good. How you? I am doing good. I see you got a friend right here, right next to you. Tell, tell us about that. Oh, it's my boy, Just Bang, right here. Just FOD, Bang. yeah. Welcome to the porch. Appreciate Pleasure it. to have you. Now, when I was researching you, I'm gonna just let you know now, you got a crazy ass story. Like, your story is so crazy, and I really want to talk to you about that. Starting off with you being from the Bay Area, Oakland to be specific. So yeah. talk to us about what it was like for you growing up in Oakland. Uh, I don't know why I always say like the normal. Cause I done been around so many different kids in Oakland and like their story be the same. But I done been around, I done met other people throughout the world and their story wasn't the same. So I would say kind of like typical normal for like an Oakland kid growing up, um, single parent home, you know, trials, tribulations, struggle. I feel like, you know, that's make you who you are though. Cause I feel like if you ain't really went through nothing, then you don't know where you're going. So whenever you did like, you know, meet new people and they kind of discussed their childhood with you. And then did you ever have a moment where you kind of paused within yourself and was like, Dang, the way I grew up was not normal. Uh, yeah. But, you know, the people that I, I might have talked to in their childhood was different. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't come from the hood or, uh, you know, grew up both parents, um, school, pushed to college, job, all that type of stuff. Like, we grew up not wanting a job. <laughs> we grew up like... You know, looking up to, you know, all the dudes on the corner, trying to be like them, that's getting money and the fly cars and the women. So it was kind of different. And what would you say growing up in Oakland really teaches you as a man? Man, like I done seen so much, so many different things as just taking losses and bouncing back. Uh, you gotta be strong to survive, um, can't be weak any type of weakness you gonna, they gonna eat, you know what I'm saying? Um, man, and that also just made me want to be more in my kids' life. Right, You yeah. know, because um, that's the reason why I started rapping, due to having kids and stuck on the block and um, we in tour with these niggas and um, I just got out of jail and I gotta stay away search clause next time i go back to jail i'm going to the pen so i was like man i gotta do something different with my life so what would you say are some things that you're instilling into your kids now so that they won't go into the wrong path um never take a dollar for granted or just always feel like okay cool they daddy gonna take care of it because um, like i do charity events in the neighborhood and i make them come out with me and uh, give back to the kids to the less fortunate so they can see like, okay, every kid ain't like you. Every kid ain't, you know, got a father or mother in their life that's successful or, or, or even to do for you, let alone do for other people. So never take that for granted. 
And how old are your kids? 18 and 16. 18 and 16. Have yeah. you ever told them about like your life and how it was for you growing up? Um, here and there, yeah. I mean, they hear stories. They hear stories from the dudes from my block. They be around. They hear stories from their mothers, mm -hmm. um, their grandmothers, stuff like that. But I don't promote that right. to them. Like I want, I don't want them to be like me. I want them to be better than me. So like, I don't have them hanging on the corner with me. I don't promote any type of negativity to my kids. I love that. Yeah. Now, I know the part of Oakland that you were from specifically, they nicknamed it Killzone. Yeah. So talk to us about the history with that name. Um, actually, I think the OPD named it that. Mm -hmm. It was like on the uh, maps or whatever due to, at the time being, uh, there was so much crime going on that like they didn't even want to come over there because like police was getting shot at. Um, I remember one day somebody had got shot over there. And uh, like I said, not to promote the negativity, but you asked the question. So yeah. um, somebody had, was shot over there and, and the police didn't even want to come. Oh, wow. Yeah, because like prior to that, when they came, they had ended up getting shot at. Mm -hmm. So. So it was basically like a, I don't want to say a free world, but like, <laughs> yeah, like, the kill, like that's the kill zone. Like anything yeah. could happen, you know, that's the kill zone. Like anything could happen over there. Like. Now I do know, and I did want to talk to you about this, that you really had to be the man of a, of the house at a very early age. Yeah, I was, a, I was the um, oldest child. So um, my mom had five kids. So, you know, and I was her first, so everything that she installed in the, other kids she learned with me and uh, you know, I was just rebelling no father figure around trying to find my way doing whatever like I said the normal kid I would think would be doing like in Oakland you know right. especially coming from the hood so especially going up in poverty um, not having much you know but wanting more always wanting more so so what type of toll do you think it takes it takes on a kid, especially a young man, to take in like older responsibilities that an adult would be taking on. Um, I, I feel like it um, makes you grow up early. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like you um, you have to be the man. Like you know, uh, all of my siblings were younger than me, so like they kind of looked at me like as a father figure at a house or whatever, and then. Um, I think you just grow up early, you know, you know how you see little kids and they just be a, like before they time or they already be grown, but they yeah. still young, you mm -hmm. know, so like that, like, so like I really, I got off the porch like 11, 12, like called my first case in like San Leandro, like stealing bikes, you know what I'm saying? Had to go to like juvenile hall, had classes and fines and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? So. Not, like I said, once again, not to promote that, but that's just where I came from. That's part yeah. of my story, you know? So we look back and like, man, I came a long way. And being 11 years old, like going into juvenile, when I be thinking about that, I be like, dang, you are still a baby. Yeah, like, but I really wasn't a baby. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I grew up early. So at that time I was doing <laughs> way more than that, you <laughs> yeah. know? So that's just what I got called for. And, um, you said basically that you jumped off the porch at 11. What would you say was like some major life lessons that you learned with your time off the porch? Um, life lessons? Like at that time, no lie, like we had to fend for myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm really like, I'm in my partner house over here. I'm at a family member over house over here. I might not even be home. I might not even be coming home. Um, like I said, I just had to grow up early. like. That was a life lesson for me because I, I really didn't experience, uh, like I said, as I met other people, the normal childhood. Like at that time, okay, I was rebelling, kicked out the house. I ended up staying with my teacher for my fourth to fifth grade at E. Morris Cox. Sixth grade come around, I get shipped to Westlake. Um, no, I go to Amherst first and I get shipped to Westlake. And after Westlake, uh, Ninth grade, I turned like 15, mom shipped me to Job Corps. So it's like, I've been bouncing around all my life. 
You know right. what I'm saying? So it's, it's nothing being just solid. You know what I'm saying? So, and I, every time I go to these different places, I got to learn to fend for myself. Now, uh, you just mentioned that you stay with a teacher. What was it that made that teacher take you in? Um, I mean, I was always advanced, like, um, in class or whatever. She took a liking to me. I took a liking. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. And I heard, um, and she knew my struggle, like what I was going through or whatever. So... Like I said, I was my mom's first child, so whatever she learned with me was like, she was just learning it before she passed it down to the other kids. So like I said, I was rebelling. Mm -hmm. I remember kids would come to the house with their parents and be like, you know, your son robbed my son for his shoes type, you know, like stuff like, like just, you know, just I really feel like it's being a normal child in Oakland. You know right. what I'm saying? Getting into all type of different stuff. But, um, like I said, no father figure around, so I was just rebelling, and uh, she kicked me out the house And uh, when I went to school. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Ooh, I told my teacher, and she let me stay with her. Right. Yeah. And one thing that you mentioned, like not having a father figure, I don't think people really think about that when it comes into play. Like, I don't think people really think. Because yeah, like, I feel like things could have might have been different. Might have been, you know, it could have might have been better. I might have took a different route, you know. So I had to go to the streets to teach me how to drive. Go to the streets to teach me how to play basketball or sports or whatever. I, I learned that there. I didn't learn that, you know, in the household, whatever it was. Okay, not to throw the topic off, but I think that the learning how to drive stories be funny as hell. Yeah. <laughs> so how was your experience when you learned how to drive? Like, how did that my even auntie, go? My <laughs> auntie, actually, it's crazy. Me and my auntie just talked about this the other day. Um, she was taking me to the DMV mm -hmm. to get my license or to fill out the paperwork so I could take the driver test or whatever, and she told me to go outside and warm up the car. So me, <laughs> I get in the car, she's like in this tight parking spot, and I try to back the car out, and I really didn't know what I was doing. So when she come outside, like, the car, like, literally stuck, like, between three different cars. She get to come outside yelling, like, boy, I told you to warm the car up. I didn't <laughs> tell you to drive the car. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I always, I always did me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm -hmm. Now, going back to seeing what you had to go through at an early age and, like, you know, having no choice but to be in the streets to learn certain things, and you then go back to today where mm -hmm. the streets are glorified really heavy on social media within the youth what would you say are is your perspective on that um i feel like a lot of artists that's not in the streets glorify it um for a perception that that they not because if the the the, the dudes that come from the street want to get out they don't want to go back or want to be something they not like if if I chose like if I chose to be in the street I would I would choose not to be like if, between the two like if I could 
Like I had to be. I had to be. It's the difference between like somebody choosing, okay, I wanna I wanna go be a street dude, but you're really not, you know what I'm saying? Or this is all I know and I and I have this is my life and I have to deal with it. So, uh, like they kinda like misleading mm-hmm. to where it's like, I'm a street dude, like you still stuck in the streets, like Come on, man. It's like it's time to elevate and grow and get up out of there. You know what I'm saying? Because all the dudes I knew that was in the streets, they always wanted bigger and better and wanted to get out the streets, not to be stuck in them. Now, what would you say was a really turning point for you to kind of leave the streets alone? It was when I tried to start rapping. Um, I had my second son. Um, I didn't really see myself going nowhere, but either, uh, you know, the statistic, either dead or jail. So it's like, I need to do something different. Now, when you start, well, actually, did you even think of becoming a rapper earlier in life? Nuh-uh. Or was it just something you kind of just jumped into? I don't into? know what made me pick rap. Really? I really don't. Uh, I just know I wanted to do something different after I had my second child. But I don't know what actually made me pick rap. Like, I was just like, I was going to give it a try. And then, my neighborhood, I start seeing different rappers come around. I'm like, man, these dudes don't be outside. These dudes don't be in the street. Like, <laughs> I don't know them. Like, yeah. I could do what they do. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's, that was like my mentality in the beginning of it. Now, when exactly would you say you really stepped your foot into the music game and took it serious? Uh, when I was released in uh, 2010. I released my first project in 2008. I had to turn myself in in 2009. I got out in 2010. I've been on straight and narrow ever since. Now, it was a story that you told during an interview where um, it was like some, a lady came uh, after listening to your music, she came to your hood and wanted a picture with you. Yeah, it was a, uh, she was driving, but it was like like five or six kids in the car with her. And um, we was on the block. And then um, at the time being, we was um, in tour with some guys up the street. Uh, some Hispanic people, so they, so like they was all Hispanic in the car, so we didn't know we didn't know what time they was on. So when they rode past, and they was looking, like everybody had got in position. So when they <laughs> made, so when they made the left, and they made the, I'm like, hold on, like something just didn't seem right because I didn't feel that vibe from the car. Right. I didn't feel that vibe from the car. I seen them, but I didn't feel that vibe from the car. So when they made the second left, I'm like, hold on, y'all, wait a minute. So when they made the left. Um, it just pulled, they pulled up, and I was like, hey, man, we drove all the way from Stockton to see Seminary, because you said so much in your music. They're like, and that's crazy that you really out here can take some pictures with you. So she was driving, probably was her car. She probably only one had a license. So she get out the car with them. I think it was like, probably like six people in the car total. They all took pictures or whatever, but not knowing on side the car, these, <laughs> they ready to go. Yeah, they yeah. ready to <laughs> So, you know, so, I mean, luckily, it worked out like that. You know wow. what I'm saying? It would have been innocent bystanders or whatever. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was a, um, a moment that I really knew, like, okay, cool. Like, they fucking with me. And then um, just seeing different cars throughout Oakland, um, playing my music, not just in my neighborhood, you know, and then start going to shows and seeing like a line of people really out there for me, start packing out shows or whatever. So I'm like, yeah, this is serious. Now, when you were coming up, there was no like really streaming platforms like it is now. Yeah, nah. So what did your hustle look like just marketing yourself? Man, like that's how I got to where I'm at. I, I hustled everybody. So um, it was actual CDs, you know, uh, flyers, uh, word of mouth, posters. It was a, like out the trunk. It was way different, you know. Not the knock was going on now, cause you gotta evolve and adapt. So, um, but back then it was like you really had to. It was open mic shows. It was, you know, it wasn't the Instagram or whatever. It was like what really it wasn't really too much of that. Like the Facebook and the MySpace, but it really like had to be word of mouth to where it'd be like, hey man, somebody trying to book you for a show there. Somebody had to know somebody type. They really didn't have no contact like that, unless they got your number off a flyer or whatever. Now, I'm not going to lie. So I'm up in the streaming era. So yeah. I'm like, we got it kind of easy. Like, you know, yeah. rappers ain't got to go pass out CDs like yeah. that no more. So 
If you could like just imagine having streaming platforms back in the day, how do you think that would have really changed things? Um, even before me, I heard of um, the older guys that used to rap, how things were different for them. Mm-hmm. Like um, how they used to record, like they used to take, like each bar used to be like one take and it was like, I forgot the name of the thing, but like they recorded and they had to do the next line and they had to do the next line like that. So I guess everything's just, you know, developing, you know, throughout through time, different times or whatever. But I feel like if everything was the same back then, I don't know, maybe we might have had more, more stars or more people breaking through or more, or it might have been a lot easier to um, be successful. Right. Because I feel like right now um, it's so easy to get in contact with somebody through Instagram. So easy to promote something and go viral. You get what I'm saying? Than it was back then. Like I, I feel like it was more, it was harder work back then. Do you like as a rapper now? Do you feel like you kind of have to catch up with the speed of the newer rappers? I don't got to catch up. I'm tuned in. Right. You know what I'm saying? But um, maybe like some older rappers that's like been like out of it for a while. Maybe they do. They might not be used to the Instagram post or the or the um, or the. Street. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Payment systems or whatever, how it works. So maybe they do, but nah, I'm, I'm tuned into whatever, everything that's going in. You know what I could tell? Because when I was researching you, yeah. I saw you had a song with Uzi. Yeah. And I'm like, this man remember for this long, and he got yeah. a song with Uzi. You yeah. know, that's I like. Mean, it's, not, it's not too many artists I ain't really got a song with. Uh-huh. You know, like a lot of the, um, the rappers from like, Across the world, like different states or whatever, that's in the streets. They rock with me tough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't been everywhere from Houston, Atlanta, Detroit. You know what I'm saying? They they love me. You know what I'm saying? Cause they they kind of like I wouldn't say like kind of look up to me, but they seen my you feel me? They seen where I came from, so it's it's easier to relate. Right. You can see where a person came from than just like I feel like when you start at the top, you got to stay at the top. If you start at the bottom, you can work your way up to the top, and if you come back down, they still know you. But if you, you start up here and then come down, they don't know you down here. You know what I'm saying? You wasn't, you wasn't out there passing out the cities, the, the, um, the flyers, the open mic shows, or the promotion in the streets type going on. You just started here, you just jumped off radio hit. And then you come down here, they're like, who is that guy? You know what I'm saying? They, they didn't see the growth. Uh, I had a conversation with somebody about that, how artists, I don't want to say one hit wonders, but you know, yeah. when their first song takes off so crazy, yeah. it's like a lot of people don't know how to keep up that momentum when they... Yeah, because once you make that hit, they already looking at you like, okay, he made one, can he do it again? It's so much pressure on you. And then it's like, can you do it again? You know, so it's like, they already doubting you from the jump. Are you doubting you from the jump? But like, I, I look at it like building a house. Like, you got to build it from the ground up, the foundation. Like, I said, you can start here, you can make it to the top, come back down, go back up. But I feel like if you start at the top, you got to stay there. So, what advice would you have for artists who are looking to go viral all the time and feel like that's gonna be their big break? Um, I don't really feel like that's gonna help you if you're trying to really promote the music. Um, if you're trying to promote the antics and you know all the comedian shit and all that, then yeah. Like if you're trying to promote good music, like they gotta genuinely fuck with you for you to get that core fan base. Like a lot of they ain't really just gonna fuck with you just because of all the funny shit that you do. That don't that's not gonna make them go stream the shit. Right. They gotta be quality. That's gonna make them go watch the shit. Watch what you're doing. Like you know, it's it's kind of it's hard to have people buy your music. Like it ain't easy for people to buy your music, especially where we come from, because like at the time being, um, the places that sold our music are in areas that, that we didn't want to go to. And that's the people that we rap into. So it's an uh, area called Berkeley, area called um, San Leandro. Those are like outskirts of Oakland. 
And uh, the people that we rapping to, they don't really drive to the outskirts. Um, they probably got a warrant, ain't got no L's, uh, got a gun on them, whatever situation may be to where they didn't, ain't trying to be involved with the police. So you gotta start making music to the people that are able to go to these different places and be comfortable, like the women mm-hmm. or the kids or, or um, even the people that got credit cards. Like, you know, niggas ain't having, at the time being, they ain't having no credit cards to go go buy no music or whatever. And the women is, they the supporters. Like, they the biggest supporters in the music industry, the women and the kids. Everybody raps, so it's like, everything is competition. So why would I be listening to him? Like, or he might get in the car with a female, she listen to him and he mad. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we gotta, we gotta support what support us. Right. Yeah. Now, during that time when you were coming up, who was like the major artist in the Bay Area? Uh, Keith the Sneak, Too Short, E-40, The Delinquents, Richie Rich, Yuck Mouth, um, Seagram, Rappin' Ryan. Um, like those are the guys that like did it before me, you know? And I, uh, you know, I salute them, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because they, made, they paved the way for me to be able to do it. Right. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, that's like during the hyphy movement, right? Some of them was some through the hyphy movie. Yeah, not every, not all of them, but some of them was. Matt Hi. Dre, the Jacka, um, the list goes on, man. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of um, talent in the Bay Area that I feel like it's overlooked, um, maybe due to the hyphy movement, or due to they just didn't understand us. But everybody from the Bay Area is. Um, wasn't a part of that. Right. Yeah, so. So do you feel like people kind of boxed the Bay Area rappers and even the newer rappers into that hyphy movement? Um, no, I think when they think of that, the Bay, that's what they think of. Yeah, that's what I meant, sorry. Yeah, I, I believe that because that was the biggest movement of the Bay Area. And no disrespect to the movement, like I'm, I'm all for it, I salute whatever, you feel me, that's coming up out of there as long as it's positive. But everybody's not like that. So it's like, I done been around people to where they'd be like, oh, where you from? They'd be like, the Bay? I'd be like, no, nah, Oakland. And they'd be like, oh, oh, you, um, you, um, you get dumb and go retarded. I'd be like, huh? Like, they, they said, they said it totally backwards. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just not, just not knowing, or they just think it's a joke or, yeah. or it's funny due to, you know, the antics that was in the hyphy movement. So, um, you know, but I, like I said, I salute the movement or whatever, mm-hmm. but I just never was a part of it. Yeah. Now, why do you think that people were so drawn to you and your music? Um, like I said, I, I support what support me. So I, I start, like, I sit back and I, you know, I pay attention to things. So early off, I'm like, okay, cool. I ain't about to keep rapping to these niggas. These niggas ain't supporting. I'm about to start rapping to these females. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to start making some good music and and um, and get these females on my side. You know what I'm saying? I got the streets already. I got the streets. I got the look. I got the money. I got the street cred. You know what I'm saying? Let me let me focus. Let me see. Was I got pay attention? See me really? I don't really listen to too many um, underground artists. Mm-hmm. I li- I listen to the majors because that's where I wanted to be at. So I studied it. I didn't, why, why I'm gonna keep listening to the same people in the same boat as me? This, this ain't where I wanna be, I wanna do bigger. So let me, this is what the major artists doing. Okay, this is how they marketing it, this is how they promoting it. This is what they do, they put the single out first and then they drop the video, okay. Then they, okay, they do this before they put the album out. Like I sit back and study the game. So like I said, a lot of the independent artists in the same boat as me wasn't doing it like that. So, you know. And then plus, like, I feel like when you're a rapper, you got to have the whole package. You can't just rap good. Like, it's bigger than just rapping good. Like, you could be a trash rapper, but have have um, the look and that I wear the rapping. You get what I'm saying? So I just feel like, okay, cool. I'm going to work on, I'm going to work on the whole package. Right. Yeah. Now, when do you, you honestly feel like you got your big break when it came to people outside of your city 
knowing who you were. I mean, I wouldn't even say outside of your city, but outside of the Bay Area. Um, I don't even feel like I got a big break. I feel like I'm still independent grinding. I feel like I ain't where I want to be. It's, it's certain things that I haven't done in mm -hmm. the music industry. But as an independent artist, it's a lot that I have. But, um, I mean, shit, I guess when I started getting booked outside of the, outside of the Bay. So, like, you know, I, like, really the Bay Area, like, you know, that's home. So they going to want a home price. They going to want, oh, man, we went to school together. Oh, man, look out for me. Oh, man, your, your pops know my pops or, or this, this, and this. Or, you know what I'm saying? So when I go out of town, like, I get the bag. Keep it real, the out, out of town, show more love than home. You know, so, and I feel like that's just, that's just, that, I feel like that come with any rapper. You mm -hmm. know, it's so many, like I said, once again, it's so many rappers that's home that rap, and they, um, you know, like I said, everybody rap, what's gonna separate you from them? And a lot of them be in competition. Like, I don't sit back and I don't compete with nobody. Like, I do me. Like, I ain't worried about what you're doing. You get what I'm saying? Worry about me. I ain't focused on you. I'm focused on me. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm focused on bettering myself. I'm focused on, you know, bettering my label, my, my artist. Uh, I'm focused on, you know, just keep grinding and staying away from the, from the negatives because that come with it, though. Mm -hmm. You got to be ready for the negative. Like, you, it ain't going to be all positive. If everybody like you, something wrong. So, and if, if you ain't ready for hate, you ain't ready for success. It's, I'm sure it's podcasters or bloggers that don't like y'all, you know what I'm saying? It, <laughs> yeah. it comes with it. Right. It comes with it. Like, they're going to always try to critique or have an opinion on what y'all doing or how they could do it better or this, this, and this. Like, opinions is like assholes. Everybody got one. So, but if you if you ain't got tough skin, then I feel like... Then Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Rap industry ain't for you. Now, was there anybody that really took you under their wing and kind of showed you the ropes when it came to pursuing your music career? No. No. I, like I said, I studied. I studied. Uh, I studied like, like how the independent in the Bay Area did it and like how the majors did, do it. Like I, I did that myself. Nobody sat me down. Like I was just saying the other day in the previous interview, like we didn't have the older cats that was rapping to tell us not to make this songs, not to do this like that, not to do this, and that's gonna mess this up. We just did whatever we wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Like we really just figured it out on our own. Yeah. What would you say was like the biggest risk that you've had to take with your career? The biggest risk I had to take with my career? Mm -hmm. Early stage, like I didn't have nobody funding me. And when you in the music industry, everything costs. If it's a video, if it's CDs, if it's uh, an outfit for a show, uh, posters, flyers, whatever it is. So at the time being, I was still in the streets heavy. I wasn't making money off my music yet. So I had to fund myself the best way I knew how. So I was still on the block, you know what I'm saying? But still taking risks, still catching cases, you know, uh, trying to pursue the rap career. So like, I feel like that was the biggest risk because I knew like if I would have went to jail again, I would have been going to the pen. Oh, and I, I did want to ask you, but I don't know how to word this. I don't want it to be offensive. Yeah. <laughs> but I, when I was reading up on you, I did see that, you know, you have caught some cases. Yeah. But um, from a man's standpoint, what would you say um, that, you know, being in and out of jail, how does it play a part on your mental? Um, shit, if you're not strong, you're going to break. Because, you know... Um, Jail's different. Like I said, I've never been to the penitentiary before, but you know, I, I got a lot of homies that's locked up in the state and the feds or whatever, and we talk all the time and they tell me how it is, but from the time that I've done in the county or whatever, um, you know, shit, you gotta do what they say. You can't get up and go to like all the, all the things that we do right now, like it's like taking for granted. We get in there, we can't walk to the refrigerator where we want to. We can't go fuck our bitch where we want to. We can't go count some money, can't go, 
get up and eat. You, you know what I'm saying? We, we on their time. So uh, it kind of uh, discipline you to be like, man, you know, when I get out, man, just even taking a breath of fresh air, you know what I'm saying? We are taking all that for granted. Because in there, you know, you're behind them walls. You, only, you can only go outside whenever they let you. So that's what we take for granted with that. Wow. Now, touching back into your music career, how mm -hmm. long would you say your hard work took for you to make it in the industry? I don't feel like I'm in the industry. Really? Nah, I don't feel like I'm in the industry. I'm, I'm still independent. I've never signed a major deal. So um, I feel like that's what the industry is. Right. I never had like a breakout single that just been in the top um, 10 or 100 on the radio or billboard. So like all this come from grinding independent. So I don't feel like I'm in the industry. Every time that I researched you and I looked up an article, they always talked about your worth work ethic yeah. and how much music you make and how much music you have. Yeah. So at the top of your head, how much music do you think you've created over the years? Over 100 CDs. 100 CDs? Over. I dropped like 12 CDs in one year just to see if I could do it, like one every month. Um, but. And the reason why, like people, some people have their own opinion. People say that's good. Some people say it's bad. But it's up to you. What, what, what it look like to you? Like, it's like it paid off or it didn't. But right. it's like um, I remember going to um, picking up my check from iTunes every month, and it was like fifty dollars. And I'm using this to pay my metro bill. And as I put out more music, put out more music, put out more music, I remember going one day and I get a check for five thousand. So I'm like, oh, I'm about to keep putting out more music. <laughs> like, why would yeah. I not be putting out more music? Like, that's, that's me more money, right? So that's just how I looked at it. So. Which CD would you say um, really caught the most buzz, though? Um, it's out of Funka Die, which was my first album in 09, uh, Trippin' for Life, and Killzone. Those were like my, my, my three breakout albums. Yeah. And with your first uh, breakout album, what was it that you really put into that one? Um, I feel like everybody's first album be their best album. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because you got so much to prove and you don't want to fail. So, um, and then it'd be, you got the, you, you'd be like, man, I don't really want to drop it because I don't think they going, I don't think they going to fuck with it. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to fail. I don't want to shelf my shit. You know what I'm saying? You start feeling like, man, I don't know if they really in tune. So, I remember... I used to take my CDs to Dimples and Rasputin, Rat Bay, and they'd take them on consignment, like 50 to 100 CDs, and they'd call me if they sell. So it got to the point to where they was taking, give me 1,000 up front, give me 2,000 up front, give me 5,000. And I just come from working. So you think about it, like 5,000 CDs up front from an independent artist at one store, and it's like two, three stores. Like, that's good money. I'm about to drop another CD. That's a lot. Yeah, so, like, the independent game is a lot different where we at than the industry in the major labels because, like, we don't have that there. We don't have any major labels in the Bay Area. We don't have too many artists that's getting signed or getting looked at or whatever. So it's like all we know is just grind. Wow. So you would say like with the Bay Area artists, like it, just coming from the Bay and with it not being too many like industry outlets, y'all really got to get it you out gotta the work. mud. You got to work. You got to get out the mud. got to work. That's the only way. And then you got the, like I said, you got the competition. So that's where the hate comes from. You know, I mean, that come with it. But at the end of the day, you got to, you got to put that to the side and stay focused. You got to stay focused and stay grinding, stay consistent. Now, your catalog when it comes to features yeah. is long. Like, you yeah. didn't work with Rick Ross, yeah. 2 Chainz, yeah. Gucci Mane, Uzi, Sauce Walker, that's my favorite, but yeah. Sauce Walker. How were you really able to expand your network like that? That's why I go back to what I was saying, like, in those different um, cities and states, mm -hmm. like, the streets dudes rock with me, like, because they can relate, because they've seen the grind or whatever. So, Walk was crazy. Walk was just at my house, like, probably, like, last week. We got like three, three new records we just did. Um, shit, we can relate. We related from Houston to Oakland. Um, Ross, 
I had did a song called Wingstop. He ended up hearing about it, reaching out, jumped on the song, did the video. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's just how it worked. Like you put it out there, hopefully they catch it. Like it's been so I didn't have so many good records that I felt like could have took me to the next level mm-hmm. and they slept on. And I'd have some records that I didn't have that much faith in and they was big. You know, so but as long as you work and something gonna catch. Now, I always find it interesting because I'm from Texas, so Texas in the Bay Area, they got this dynamic and I've always wondered. from Houston? No, I'm from Dallas. Okay. (laughs) Well, actually, let me be specific because my city going to hear this and they're going to be like, "Ah, I'm from Arlington. (laughs) Shout out Arlington. Shout out Dallas. I I done work with um, Yellow Beezy out of Dallas, Trap Boy Freddie. Yep. I done work with, I just left from Dallas not too long ago. Now, I've always wanted to know, what is the history with the Bay Area's dynamic with Texas? Um, with the syrup? <laughs> I would say, this, I would say the, the new syrup. age. I would say the new age, it would be the syrup. I really can't speak on like that things I don't really know. But I know the syrup, like, and, uh, maybe the women. Yeah. Wow, so the syrup, was it like, once, like, you know, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. I guess I'm trying to figure out like with the syrup. No, because we sip syrup heavy. Okay. Yeah, in Oakland, you know, and you know Texas, that's what they known for. We be having it. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, and um, it's a lot of bosses from the Bay Area that have been in Texas and work with you know some of the top Texas elite. I didn't work with some of them. I worked with, I just did some like Lil Flip and um, Slim Thug, you know what I'm saying? These are rappers that I listened to as a kid growing yeah, up back in the day. Like, I would never think I'd be doing a song with them. Right. And you know what I'm saying? So at the time being, like, I'm just a kid listening to them, like, like paying attention to them. Like, I've, I've always been into music. Like, I always watch videos and listen to music and stuff like that, but I didn't never imagine being a rapper at the time being. But, um, like I said, it's a lot of older bosses from the from the Bay Area that. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Moved around a lot of these cities and states, you know, and paved the way for other artists. So uh, I believe that could be one of, one of the things also. And I noticed that you also worked with Detroit artists as well. Yeah. So what would you say is that dynamic with the Bay Area in Detroit? Same thing. They serve too. And, the, and they be like cousins. Like I said, the bigger artists from the Bay, like like Fody and Be Legit, like they, they was heavy out there in Detroit. Yuck Mouth. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's just, it's just like what I'm doing right now for mm-hmm. the younger artists. I mean, they, that's coming up out the Bay. We paving the way. If it's through Atlanta, if it's through Chicago, if it's through Detroit, if it's through Miami, wherever, like, okay, yeah, we know filthy, yeah, we rock with y'all. You know what I'm saying? So, same thing. Now, when it comes to Detroit, I do find that a lot of people compare the music style with the Bay Area. Of course. So, what would you say is like the difference between the two for people who don't know how to distinguish that? Uh, what's the difference between the two? I mean, some, some Bay Area artists just rap just strictly like Detroit artists, so you wouldn't be able to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some Bay Area artists, they still hyphy, part of the hyphy movement. And some Bay Area artists is just like they have singers, uh, street artists, whatever. But I mean, I feel like if you like really tapped into that market, like if you're from the Bay or you're from Detroit, you would know the difference. You would know the difference because a Detroit artist probably could tell like he from the Bay. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Now, I was watching uh, one of your interviews, and I think they were kind of touching on, like, you know, just moving cautious as a rapper. Yeah. And one thing that you said that really stuck out to me, which was you said that your enemy could book your show. I mean, yeah, when you're a rapper, like, rapper is one of the hardest jobs to do, like, especially if you're coming from the street, especially if you, uh, you know, Got a lot going on in the street or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's possible. Like, not even just booking for a show. You can just pulling up to the show. Like, if you got a show and the address is on the flyer, 
Right. And you in tour with somebody. Like, if they looking for you that hard, they, shit, I mean, they could easily pull up. But you just got to be on point and be prepared for all that, even if they do or don't, because you know what you got going on. You can't just be, just get, get lost in this rap shit. Like, like the street shit come with it, especially if you got like a past. So, I mean, it's possible. If, if a person wants you that bad, anything's possible. Right. Yeah, um, I remember Jim Jones told me one day that um, uh, he was in Miami and they got into it with BMF, but they didn't know. They didn't know something like they was in the club and Cam had on the pink mink or whatever and they was above <laughs> them and they was pouring champagne on them. Something happened outside and he chased somebody with something and and then um, Meach in the booking gym for a show. And Jim come in the show with his security and they bring him up to where Meach was at and Meach tell Jim to tell his security to leave. And it was like, if you want to make it home, tell him to leave. And he told him to leave, and, and Jim was just there by himself, the whole thing. But Meech was like, man, um, we're going to put that to the side. Like, come party with me, man. We ain't on that. We getting money. Wow. You get what I'm saying? So, you know, just saying, nah, I'm just saying that what if it was a different way around? He wouldn't even knew until he got in here. And I, that's why I brought it up, because I have never thought about that. And I'm yeah. like, oh, dang, somebody really could, but could. they rap, <laughs> yeah, like, like a rapper that they beef with, pay yeah. the money, and then. They wouldn't even know. I'll have somebody else who do it, different LLC, booking company, boop, bop, bam, okay, what you want for your deposit? Here you go. <laughs> Get you there in the club, and then what? You know what I'm saying? But, you know, that's just to say, like, you gotta be, you gotta move right, especially if you're coming from the streets or if you got things, ties in the streets that's going on with this industry, because once you get too comfortable, just not even just with that, just playing different studios, doing different, an artist could book you for a verse and it'd be something different. A promoter could book you and double back on your room when you're at the club. Like mm -hmm. You got to pay attention mm -hmm. to all type of different things that, you know, that could put you in a fucked up situation. Now with you being in the game for so long, what would you say are some smart ways that rappers need to move nowadays? Uh, and for one, you need to move with some niggas that really give a fuck about you. Because, um, you know, a lot of people can be, people, people could be bought. Um, I wouldn't recommend moving with niggas that you, that, 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 you ain't, that you don't really know. A lot of these niggas, they move with niggas that they paying or being stored by. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, we love you, we fuck with you, we gonna die for you, this and this, but they really got their hand out. Like, that, that, ain't, that ain't me, that ain't none of my niggas. Like, I've, I don't, I, don't, I don't fuck with it like that. So like if, if it ain't genuine, hey, I'll show up by myself. I know I got myself. You know what I'm saying? If I got to question you, like if I got to, like with me, you get one try with me. Just to be 100, you get one try with me. Like in this lifestyle, you can't two, three tries, you'll be out of here. You know what I'm saying? You get one try with me. Like you know what this is, you know, you know what I'm saying? If, if this don't fit, then we just gonna go our separate ways. But you only get one trial. I mean, like I didn't cut family members off, close friends, niggas from my neighborhood, old rap, whatever. Like I don't, cause if I can't leave my car keys around you or some money or my jewelry or whatever it is, then we don't even need to be around each other. And that's fact. Yeah. Now, outside of rapping, you are a whole entrepreneur. Yeah. We gotta talk about this hair salon. Oh yeah. Royal hair salon. Talk royalty. To us. Yeah. I don't royalty even keep it real. Time. I don't even got royalty no more. I gave it to my godmother. Uh, when the pandemic hit, you know, I had took a loss on, 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 on royalty and on, uh, I had a clothing store too called Hood Rich. I think it was just wrong timing. Um, I closed both of them. Well, I closed Hood Rich then. I just got it on the website. Mm -hmm. And then uh, royalty, I gave it to my godmother. It was really her, uh, her dream, you know, and I opened it up for her, whatever, but I just parted ways with it. Is yeah. are you even, if I'm not mistaken, are you even into dog breeding too? Yes. Okay, so talk that's to us. That's what I do. Now, talk that's to us I about do. that. You know what? I've been seeing people being like in their feelings right now because you know the dogs been looking a little swole. Yeah. <laughs> They've been looking real swole lately. So they're yeah. like, this is just inhumane. I mean, you got you to gotta know what you're buying. You got to know what you're into. Like, I, I deal with the exotic uh, English bulldog. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, that's what I, that's what I'm, my passion is right now. That's what I do every day. Uh, and that's where like a lot of the money come from that's lucrative. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 
the puppies can go from anywhere from depends on from five to seventy five hundred to ten to twenty thousand. It all just depends on what it is. But um it's Wait, good money. You said twenty thousand? Yeah. They oh, go from wow. five thousand to seventy five hundred. What's the twenty thousand dogs? A merle. A merle. Yeah. It depends on like the father. Like I can really put taxes on it just because it's coming from me. Mm-hmm. But I try not to. I try to keep it, you know. Because a lot of people don't got no more money no more after the EDD and the PPPs and all that stuff. But that's where a lot of the 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 new breeders started to come into. They're like, okay, we, we got this money. We got to do some type of business. And they think of buying a dog is just a business and it's just that easy. And you don't know about all these different things you got to do to breed these dogs and have these litters and make sure they got their shots and, and these progesterone numbers for the dog to be you know at the right time to breed. and. And then if you lose the whole litter, you sick because now you done lost all your money thinking you about to make a hundred thousand. It's crazy stuff, you know. So you know how black people is. Man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They got a little money. I'm gonna buy a dog and start a business. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, Listen, deep, it's a lot deeper than that. With the dog breeding. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't even think that it'll be as deep as you know you're explaining it. Yeah, it's it's, it's serious. Like it's everything with the dog breeding is perfect timing. Perfect timing. And then you say like you could lose, could you lose a batch or something like that? Yeah, you can lose a litter. It depends on if, if uh, one, you're not taking care of the dog. Uh, she's not getting the pri- proper um, vitamins and proper food that she's supposed to be once you bred her. Um, or she can just, she can have something wrong with her. You know, or it, could be, it could be whatever. I done lost a whole litter before a few times. Really? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh. So. Uh, you no, know, it comes with the game, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, how you a boss if you never took a loss? You gotta know how to shake back. Now, before we get into your current music, I gotta touch on Waterleaf because- You I'm, like that song, huh? I do, you know, I'm a little <laughs> young so I'm like, ooh, anything oozy, I'm like, okay, yeah. period. That song's so old, It's crazy. so hard though, like, yeah. I'm a little late, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But just if you could talk to us about how that single even came about. Um, my boy Scheme from L.A., okay, he linked me with Uzi. Uh, I think they were signed to Generation Now or Generation Next, one mm-hmm. whatever it's called. And then, um, um, Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Offset came to the crib in Vegas one day. Uh, he recorded himself, put the hook on there. And then uh, I'm like, damn, who else I need to put on here? It was, I know it was uh, Offset, Sauce. No, no I, was, I was thinking to myself, like, who else uh-huh. I need to put on here? I'm like, man, I need to put somebody else on here. Because Offset was just on the hook. So I'm like, bam, I sent the walk. And then walk, put the verse on there. That's just, that's just how it happened. We never shot the video or nothing because we was working on the clearances for everything or whatever. So, uh, but yeah. <laughs> and you dropped, I'm sorry, you dropped your recent single, King of Oakland. Yeah. So we got to talk about that title. Okay. What you want to talk about? That title right there got a lot of people mad. No, right I, I was going, I was, so with the title, what made you want to title the King of Oakland and what was the responses that you've been getting from that? Um, I got good responses and bad responses. You know, like I said, um, you gotta take the good with the bad. Um, but the reason why I had dropped that, because you know, we all kings, we all, we all queens, you feel me? So um, I felt like, you know, that's where I'm at with it, you know? And um, it, man, did, it, did, it did what it was talk supposed to shit, do. Man. It talk did what it was supposed to do. It did what it was supposed to do. Like, if it ruffled your feather, it did what it was supposed to do. You get what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like, like we know who doing what. We know who top tier. We know who the elite. We know who the big dog, we know who, you feel me, really having this shit. We know who really making the city look good. You know what I'm saying? We know who really doing for the city. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, you can have that title if you feel like you want it, but that doesn't mean that it fits you. You know what I'm saying? And you know, a lot of people gonna have something to say. And um, 
it come with it. So, um, but a lot of people that feel like they that title fits them, they're not respectable rivals. You go, you know, and and also, I'm not saying other people are not kings. I'm not shitting on nobody. I'm not saying you feel me. It's just me. I'm I'm from seminary. I could, you know, what I'm saying I could, I can be a king over there. King shed a throne like we sharing mm-hmm. the, we sharing the porch. He from somewhere else in East Oakland. He could be a king where he from. So, you know, just how, however you take it, however you want to look at it. But you know the haters, they gonna always take it how they feel, whatever. But we know who doing what and who ain't. You know what I'm saying? And been doing it for the longest. And you know, and who really, you know what I'm saying? Like one of them dudes, so. Now, if I'm not mistaken, please correct me if I'm wrong. But um, was there like a work, uh, verses that was supposed to be in the works with we you did and it. Mr. Fab? We did it. Y'all did it? Yeah. Oh, shit. Ah, I'm hey, sorry. Hey, we did it. We did it. <laughs> we did it last week. I mean, a couple of days ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So, what was your what was your uh, thoughts on that? What was my thoughts on it? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it was big for the city. Right. You know, if everybody wins, nobody loses. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, shout out to Fab. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he put it together. Shout out to my boy Illy, Bands Before Riches. He the one who was behind and he locked up right now. And uh shit. When I was in the, what was this in the city for like three days, three, four days? Yeah. We had an after party, turned up afterwards, you know what I'm saying? I shot a video, another song off the album. Uh you shot a video, Ross shot a video. We was working, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh but I feel like it was it was good. It wasn't no problems, wasn't no fights, wasn't no arguing, wasn't no shootings, wasn't no robberies, no nothing. We, we showed up and showed out. Mm-hmm. Now, we got to talk about your label, Funk or Die ENT. Mm-hmm. So, talk to us a little bit about that. Um, what you want to know? It's like 10, 12 artists on there right now. 10, we got to know about the artists, why you chose them, the whole dynamic, the purpose <laughs> of the label, all of that. Uh, shit, Bang, he went artists on there. He from the Dubs in East Oakland. Uh, he doing his thing right now. And we got Ross, Roscoe, and we got Tudor, we got Skinny, we got Trey, we got Steve, we got AV, we got WAP, we got Loso, we got Jay Money. Who else? I leave some money out. We got Visa. We you got, got a roster on you. We got Debo. Dang. We got Dollar Dame. We got Pretty Boy. Well, too many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, um, FOD, that's the saying for my neighborhood. So um, that's the saying that been around before me, you know what I'm saying? Just from the neighborhood. Like, like it's certain slogans for different neighborhoods in Oakland. Um, so I just decided to, um, and also that was the name of my first album. Mm-hmm. So um, when I decided to do the label, it was the the young niggas in the hood that was already pushing that. So I'm like, all right, shit, we're gonna turn it up. We're gonna turn it up, cool. Uh, and then ever since then, that's, that's what I've just been pushing. And, uh, you know, we took it from the hood and made it global. So, like I say, I always want bigger and better. Always always want to do bigger things, you know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, we, we doing our thing. I've been trying to drop, like, tapes from different artists on the label Mm-hmm. Like every month, like the old no limit, like we working, we putting so shit out. You, you instilling that same work ethic that you had into yeah. your artists. Yeah, because I tell them, like, like, okay, cool, they ain't coming to the label. We ain't coming to the label to just do a single or do, a, or do an album. I got to know that you really take this serious. I got to know that you, um, you know, really believe I can't want it more than you. You know what I'm saying? I can lead you down the right path, and I can't show you how to be a superstar overnight. That didn't happen for me. I can show you how to work, though, and be a household name and, and travel and get booked for these shows and put out good music and, you know, different things like that. So, you know, like rapping comes, like, you get stagnated, you get sidetracked. Right. And, and today you might want to rap, tomorrow you might not want to. So it's like, okay, cool, before I invest, before I waste my time, my energy, my money, whatever, I want to make sure this is what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to do this, just let me know. But you got to work. Like, 
you ain't gonna get paid if if you late for work. You ain't and you ain't gonna hire nobody. Ain't gonna come come work. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, all I know how to do is work. So that's what I'm gonna give to you. Like the music gonna come. If you know how to rap good, okay, cool. I didn't know how to rap good. I just I worked on <laughs> it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. That's just that's just then okay, cool. Then you got the hood behind you. That's a plus. Right. And you got the look. And you got the stage presence. All that's extra. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, rapping is just part of being a rapper. You gotta be able to do this. You gotta do press. You gotta do videos. You gotta do a whole lot more than just rapping. Now, speaking of the music, you just released a project this month called Motivational Purposes. Yeah. Talk to us about that project and what it means to you. Uh, it came out on my birthday, January 30th. Uh, man, I just feel like every time I drop something is, uh, you know, I'm elevating. I'm mm -hmm. growing. You know what I'm saying? I'm growing. So it's like, I don't want to be rapping about the same shit. You might hear some shit still up in there because I must always be who I am. But... If we ain't if we ain't elevate, we ain't growing, we ain't doing something right, you know. A wise man change. So if if that ain't what I'm out, if that ain't what I'm doing, then then I'm just I'm I'm just at a standstill. So I feel like man, like and I got a lot of um, kids and and artists home that look up to me. So I'm I'm trying to motivate, I'm trying to motivate. If, if I post this car on the gram, it's not the shit on nobody. It's to motivate. You know what I'm saying? If I buy my artist a Rolex, it's not the shit on the next, it's to motivate. Right. Okay, cool. Even if it's my other, if, if, if I'm buy him a Rolex today, I'm not trying to shit on my other artist. I'm showing he working, get to work, and it can happen for you too. You get what I'm saying? So that's, that's what I'm on. I've just been on some real positive shit lately. Just, you know, even with my label, Funk or Die, like that didn't help me, that hurt me. Like I said, because that was a saying for my neighborhood. So where I'm from, uh, the police actually look at that a certain way, you know what I'm saying, and and feel like that promotes negativity. Mm -hmm. But they don't they don't say nothing about all the turkey drives or the backpack drives or the or all the things that I that I, positive I do. You know what I'm saying? So that's what we on. Like I even be like when people ask me what it mean, I be switching up. I be like uh, follow our dreams. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. so they don't think negative. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because some people are one track minded. I love the charity work too. I think yeah. that's so dope that you are giving back to your yeah. neighborhood and stuff. You're supposed to, especially when if that's where you came from. Right. You're supposed to because growing up, when I was doing that, bro, I was doing, I feel like I was taken. I'm taken, so now I'm giving back. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been taken from the hood. If it was on the block selling dope or robbing or stealing or breaking in the car or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So now, giving back. I done did Mother Day events. Oh, I do hood days and free food, clothes, all type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of other stuff that I do behind closed doors that people don't know about. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm not here to do it, to brag about it or throw it in your, in your face though. But, you know, like I said, um, when you got in, when I got in position to do it, I always, I mean, when I got in position to do it, before I got in position to do it, I always said I wanted to, when I got in position, I always, Say okay, cool. When I'm when I'm able to do this, that's what I want to do. So that's what I did. Now, what did you say is next for you for this year? Um, next for me for this year, I mean, I'm working on deluxe for the album right now. Uh, I got song walk on there. Uh, I'm probably gonna put like probably like either four to six more songs on the album. Um, we got Bang album coming, we got Tudor album coming, we got the whole label coming. Um, Skinny dropping, uh, Young AV dropping, uh, Roscoe dropping. We got, we, we just pushing, we pushing. So that's all I'm focused on right now. Right. I'm focused on the label, focus on the artists, focus on, um, you know, everybody staying on the right path and, and keep working. And before we wrap up, do you have any last words or shout outs? Um, shout out to everybody that's been rocking with me over a decade, putting out good music from state to state. I appreciate the love, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's, uh, it's been a journey. It's been a journey and I, you know, I, you know, sometimes I'll be not focused and I get back focused or whatever, but you know, 
I'm a multitasker. So like I'm always working every day. I tell him all the time, like 365, you gotta be doing something musically um, to be successful. Like if it's an interview, if it's shooting a video, if it's putting out a single, if it's getting artwork done, like every day you gotta be doing something musically. And that's, I feel like that's the only way you're gonna be successful. And that's real. Yeah. That's real. Uh -huh. Murder Dubs, 35th High Street Seminary, 6985 up to Stone City. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.